What is up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demwin here with y'all. As always, recording here on a wonderful April Monday night. And we're talking some Bracketology. Exclusively Bracketology for the most part on today's show, as I mentioned on Sunday. Now, before we get to the Bracketology, I did mention on Sunday uh, that there would be some things that I needed to hit. Excuse me. There will be some things that I hit on uh, briefly before we get there. Um, So let's get into that now. So uh, first and foremost, the two big midweek contests that uh, y'all need to be aware of. First off, on Tuesday at noon, we have Towson hosting Hofstra. Um, And then on Thursday, we have Virginia hosting Duke. Both of these games are potential momentum-building wins, um, a momentum-winning contest here for really both parties involved. Um, As far as Hofstra and Duke, excuse me, Hofstra and Towson go, um, with Hofstra, they just beat Towson two weeks ago. And that was an 8-7 win there. And they just won against UMass, a big one, 11-12. to um, Hofstra right now is sitting uh, second place there in the CAA, essentially. Um, and then you have Drexel. Drexel. Um, I've been told I say Drexel. Um, that, that comes out sometimes from time to time. Drexel. Um, Drexel and UMass sitting behind them there uh, at three and two. Remember, Hofstra had uh, Hofstra's three and one in conference play. Remember, they had uh, that <clears throat> UMass and Towson game uh, postponed earlier in the season. Uh, they've made up that UMass game, um, and, and now they uh, will be making up that Towson game. Tomorrow, um, or today, for those of y'all listening. Um, so making up that one on Tuesday. And look, man, so for, for Hofstra, this is one they can build some momentum off of because they have, this is their final stretch after this game. Delaware, Drexel, Fairfield. They've already beaten Fairfield 15-7, to and I think they will probably beat them again. Um, they have yet to play Delaware. They have yet to play Drexel. Uh, they, if Hofstra wants to uh, get that number one seed in the CAA tournament, and this is a CAA um, <clears throat> that is, as usual, craziness. Um, we see it every year. And I assume it's going to go down like that this year as well. Um, And so if Hofstra wants to get that number one seed, if they want to come in uh, 
to the uh, CAA tournament, um, they, they need to get this win here, um, and they can build off of that one. Uh, and, and if they get wins over Te- Delaware and Drexel, um, uh, you know, I'd have to look at the at the tiebreaker situations and all of that if there were, be, were to be any. But I, I think that would put them number one if they went out the rest of the way. They would be in pretty good shape to get that number one seed, if not the number uh, or number one seed, if not that number two at least in the CAA tournament, which um, is going to be the semifinals and the championship game, uh, like usual. So uh, they initially they had said everybody makes it, and they went back on that, and it's just the top four uh, at, at the moment. Uh, is now as it was changed for Towson. Look, this is a team that they just got their first conference win over Fairfield on Saturday, but they haven't, and, and, and they've looked, you know, they had no wins last year, no wins at all. They got a big win over a good St. Joseph's team in their second game of the season. They then, obviously they got that one of them out St. Mary's. They took a 11-10 to 10 loss against a very good Richmond team, a Richmond team that will likely make the NCAA tournament uh, as the SOCON AQ. They lost to Drexel 12-10. to 10. They had that Hofstra game postponed, as I mentioned, that's being made up tomorrow. And they lost to Delaware 13-12. Now they beat Loyola. They beat Loyola 7-6. One of the Loyola has been up and down all year, and then they're on the bubble. We'll talk about them later on. And they lose to Hofstra 8-7, beat Fairfield 12-11. Have to come back from down. I think it was 7-3. Excuse me, at one point in that game, and they come back and get that win. So this is a team, while they're certainly not the most talented, and they are really um, younger in some areas, they can fight. They can fight like heck. And and this is a team, well, they're facing Hofstra um, for the first, uh, Hofstra for the second time, UMass, and, and then after Hofstra, they have UMass, Delaware, Drexel, okay? They could theoretically win out, okay? If, if they win tomorrow, same situation as Hofstra. Like, if, if both of these teams, if they get a win tomorrow, could win out the rest of the way. And the teams they play, Delaware, UMass, Drexel, um, in the case of Towson, and Delaware, Drexel, and Fairfield, in the case of Hofstra, for Towson, all of those teams that they play to end the year are in the top uh, top group of the CAA. Top, uh, no. and some people put Delaware as the top group, and then everybody else kind of second. Uh, you can do that if you want, uh, but I, I just kind of look at them as one big conglomerate now. With Drexel having a loss now, you know. They have an ability to very much boost their resume to get into the CAA tournament. 
when that was, you know, have a chance to get in there at least when at one time, just a few weeks ago, that was maybe thought to be um, impossible, uh, you know. Um, so T- Towson has a very, very good chance. And the fact that they've only lost to Drexel and Delaware um, and Hofstra by one again, you know, the game prior when they faced them gives me some hope that, hey, and should give uh, Towson fans some hope that, hey, they might be able to pull this off. Um, so that's a very interesting one there. Similarly, uh, we have Virginia hosting Duke on Thursday night. Thursday night ACC contest, as always. I expect it to be um, an exciting one, like, likely a one-goal game one. Um, please, you know, Pray to the lacrosse gods we get a one-goal ACC game on Thursday night because those have been very, very entertaining. Um, Virginia coming into this one, you know, probably, I mean, I would argue the hottest team in the country right now. You know, you lose to UNC 16-13. to You look terrible for a half a play in that one. And they bounced back. Um, they fought. You know, and held off a late run by RMU, Robert Morris, to get that win. They then go to Notre Dame. They get that win, 12-11. to Follow that one up, 18-10 win over Richmond. Um, and then they go into Chapel Hill, and, and they get revenge on the Tar Heels, 18-6. Um, P.D. Lasala, as I mentioned, on... Uh, Sunday had a fantastic game. Matt Moore, uh, you know, one of the leaders there on that offense. Uh, Laviano, you, they just have so many guys that can step up uh, at any time and, and have done so. Um, and we've talked a lot about this offensive resurgence that Virginia has had over over the course of this run. Really, since that Carolina game, they've really changed um, and, and really take a, taken – a step up, um, really on both ends, to be honest with you. And I think Lasala has has certainly, um, you know, gotten into midseason form by now. Um, he's having a fantastic past couple of weeks. Um, and after this one, you have Utah, which that was that. Oh no, that was Syracuse. The Syracuse Utah game was uh, canceled. They have Utah, and then they end with Syracuse. Get revenge on the Orange. Um, I expect Virginia to beat Utah um, and Syracuse. That's another team that they you know they can't risk many many more losses, um, and and that could be another one for them there um, at the end of the season against Virginia. And we've seen Virginia has already gotten payback um, uh, against Carolina. They could get some payback against Syracuse here in a few weeks as well. So, um, actually, because today's the 12th, so the 17th they play Utah. And then, okay, so next Saturday, yeah, 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 next Saturday is the last weekend um, for a lot of these teams. Um, You do have, well, some teams play through May, but um, ACC always ends earlier with the regular season. And then we always 
I don't think we're going to get any this year, but we usually get those odd, um, you know, tournament boosting wins over, um, you know, VMI or whoever it may be uh, to end the season after the ACC tournament. Uh, Virginia did that for a few years. Uh, you know, I, we're not going to get any of those this year, and there is no ACC tournament. Um, Duke coming in off their first loss. I mean, I'm interested to see how does this team bounce back? How do they, like, can they fix their sale right now? I mean, well, talk about poking a hole in your sale. Um, to use a boat term, Notre Dame just, I mean, they just tore it down. And Duke, I mean, leading up to this game, they've got to rebuild that thing. They got to rebuild this ship. They got to rebuild it. Um, you know, they went overboard in a sense. Um, they got to get back on and they got to right this ship. Um, I still think Duke is probably the most talented team in the country. Obviously, uh, not number one anymore. That, uh, that uh, pride goes to uh, the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, Notre Dame is sitting there at second, uh, I believe, uh, is what I saw um, <clears throat> on the new rankings this week. So, yeah, Notre Dame second, Virginia third, Duke fourth, Carolina fifth. Um, so this is still a very, very dangerous team. Um, but they got to bounce back here. And th- they got Virginia and then on uh, Virginia this week, next week they have Notre Dame, and then on the second they have a second uh, game against Carolina, and that one was twelve to eleven last time. So um, th- this is a game where you know Duke th- they've got to bounce back um, if they want to go into if they want to welcome in Notre Dame uh, with you know a lot of momentum and it you know certainly they could lose to Virginia beat Notre Dame beat Carolina uh but this you know and look I think Duke's in the NCAA tournament anyway you put it if they lose these last three games still putting them in there um so this is more so of a bounce back game for Duke than it is a momentum builder um, or a can mo- momentum continuation game, if you want to call it that, for Virginia. So two big ones there uh, this week, uh, midweek. Uh, and now we will get to some uh, stuff. Uh, th- th- this is more so, I don't want to call it negative, but this is more so um, not as happy stuff. We're not talking about lacrosse here. So, um, Hartford, I don't know if any of y'all have seen this, but Hartford, um, recently did a study, which I believe it was done in December. Um, it was done by an agency, which is run by, uh, former U- uh, former UConn, um, athletic director. I can't remember his name, but it said the former UConn athletic director, uh, runs this firm. And they did a analyst. They they 
so, so what they did was they they they, they analyzed uh, Hartford, and they I don't have the article in front of me. I'll link it in the uh, show notes. But basically, they're losing a boatload of money on athletics, like many other Division One uh, teams, low level Division One teams especially. They're losing a boatload of money. I mean, heck, even Alabama. Um, and Duke and those kinds of schools lose money on athletics. But Hartford is losing tons of money. Um, I think it was over, like, it, it was well over $20 million, I, it, it is what I read, uh, what I recall uh, from that article. Um, and I'll, again, link that article in the show notes. But they are possibly going to drop down to Division Three. Uh, the study was to determine if they should drop to Division Three, um, and the study said, "Yeah, you should drop to Division Three. Um, Hartford just made the NCAA tournament, so uh, they got a little boost of money there from the NCAA for making that tournament um, this year. Obviously, lost to Baylor, uh, the you know eventual national champs. Uh, we're talking basketball here, but." And I saw there was a basketball player who did write a um, write, write a letter to the president saying, "Do not drop to D three. Um, this obviously impacts lacrosse. Hartford is in the American East. Um, they have one win in this season. Um, so, and, they, and they've been to the NCAA tournament in lacrosse before as well. Uh, Two thousand sixteen, I believe it was, uh, when they." Uh, did they upset, I think it was them and Vermont in the title game, I believe. Uh, Vermont, I think, upset Albany, and then Hartford upset, was it Stony Brook? I can't exactly remember who they played, but I do know they won the America East Tournament a few years, not, I mean, not too long ago, um, and, and made it in there. Um so there's a possibility of them dropping to Division Three, but um, nothing has been decided yet. If they do, it wouldn't happen for a few years anyway, um, and they could certainly reverse course, but uh, sounds like this study they did suggests they should make that move. Um, it has yet to be determined. As I mentioned, there's some outcry from um, athletes and, and people in the Hartford community uh, to not drop to Division Three, so we'll see how that uh, everything up there works out. And um, one one last thing before we get to bracketology, which I, I want to get to, um, and, and I know this is why a lot of y'all tuned in. Um, Marist hashtag free Marist. Um, the Marist Red Foxes are still not playing. 37 days since Marist has played. 37 days for a voluntary pause. In-person classes started on campus at Marist today. Took long enough to get that going. Um, Marist lacrosse. Still shut down. Will they be open by this weekend? I have no clue. Uh, but here's what I do know. <clears throat> so as I mentioned, 
they went back to in-person classes today. Uh, Marist Men's Lacrosse did have a couple cases over the weekend. It was the first time all season they had anyone test positive. Um, the positivity rate on campus in uh, Punxsutawney, I believe that's how it's pronounced, um, is 2.03. That is well, 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 well below the threshold uh, that the state of New York gives you um, for when you have to shut down uh, a program or whatever, campus, whatever. Ten days, ten days ago, they had 162 cases. Today, they have 78 on campus. So cases are um, dropping significantly. And then, <clears throat> again, they started in-person, in-person classes today. So what I want to know is, why, why do you have in-person classes, but you can't play outside athletics? That doesn't make much sense to me. Um, you can go to class, but you can't go play lacrosse. That defies science. That defies everything we know about, uh, what's it called, immunology or whatever, uh, virology. Um, And look, again, Marist has barely had any cases. I think they've had two or three all year. And those just happened last weekend. Um, here's a, so I was sent an email, um, or forwarded, um, an email, I guess is the better words, uh, term for it, um, that the Marist AD, um, apparently sent, um, here, I'm going to read you this excerpt, um, this is absolutely ridiculous, um, it says, the college has outlined a strategy we need to utilize to give us the best opportunity to practice and play, which has been the goal every one, every one of us has strived for over the past year. The strategy is vaccinations. The more athletes that are vaccinated, the greater opportunity each team will have to resume their athletic activity. Um... <clears throat> That doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense to me. First of all, you're telling, you're saying you're going to force athletes to get vaccinated. I don't think so. This is a free society. In a free society, people ought to think for themselves um, and to, 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 to tell someone you have to go get a shot um, in the first year that this shot, this new um you know, stuff has come out. I think is a little ridiculous. Look, I'm, I, I've gotten both vaccinations. Um, I'm fully vaccinated. I, I took it. I'm not against them. I'm just saying, you can't force people to do that. Um, and also, the other part of it is, 
If that was your strategy all along, then why the heck did they play a game? Why the heck did you let your uh, women's basketball team go to the NCAA tournament, but you aren't letting your teams play outside? Which, by the way, the uh, shutdown of Marist uh, Athletics started that same week that the women's basketball team played in the NCAA tournament. And the women's uh, tournament played in Louisville. Doesn't make much sense to me. Um, not much uh, critical thinking going on there. Up there, the uh, head honchos at Millist sounds more like uh, more like some uh, pseudoscience, if you will, uh, that they're playing with. I, I, I don't know what their thought process is behind any of this, but it's ridiculous. Uh, needs to end. Hashtag free Millist. Um, hopefully they get... Every team makes the MAC tournament. I, you know, please pray to the lacrosse gods that we get to see this team play again this year because this is a fun team. They deserve to be playing. Every single team in the country right now deserves to be playing. Marist, right now, Marist looks just as bad as the stupid Ivy League that made those stupid decisions. Make a decision about something that happens in... In March and December. Makes no sense to me. And this is what happens, fellas, when you uh, you listen to, uh, well, listen to the people that apparently they've been listening to. I'm not going to go there, but uh, th- th- this kind of stuff is, is what happens when, when you get to that. When you listen to the wrong people, listen to pseudoscience and not actual science. Um <clears throat> Moving on here to the main course. This That was just the appetizer, fellas. This is the main course now. Blacker frickingtology. Um, Blackatology is what we're moving on to now. So <clears throat> on March 30th, we got news from Terry Foy of Inside Lacrosse uh, that the NCAA tournament would be hosting their first round at predetermined sites. Those uh, sites, uh, Terry Foy again reported uh, today on Twitter that those sites would likely be announced this week. Um, And then I think he named a number of sites that had uh, submitted bids. I'm not going to read those. You can go uh, find his tweet there. I think it's at Terrence Foy on Twitter um, where you can find him there. So uh, you can go check that out for yourselves. And then last week, uh, Patrick Stevens um, for U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, one of the uh, w- one of the best uh, you know, bracketologists we have. Uh, pro- pro- I mean, I would call him the bracketologist, uh, the bracketology expert that we have in uh, men's lacrosse. Does a fantastic job with bracketology every year. Um, he reported last week. Uh, there's a quote from. Uh, had an article that included quotes from Tim Leonard, uh, the NCAA tournament chair, um, also the AD at Towson. Um, he reported that the tournament would do away with the play-in game, go 16-team tournament only. Um, and then he also reported that the NCAA was likely leaning towards four predetermined sites to play the first round uh, there. So it's going to be four sites that from 
Patrick Stevens reporting, four predetermined sites is what the first round will be looking like. No play-in game. Which means it's a straight 16-team tournament. Now, <clears throat> I have a Blackology post up on lacrossebucket.com. Done great numbers already. Um, being up there just a few hours. Uh, well, actually, almost all day. And I put it up at uh, go up noon, I think, is when it went up. So about nine hours now. Um, eight, eight hours, 30 minutes. Done incredible numbers. Always does Blackology stuff. So, um, again, thank you all for all y'all who read the site and listen to this podcast. Um, so you can go check that out there. I will link it in the show notes. Um, and before I get into the you know, bracket and everything, um, <clears throat> projected bids and all that, I do want to go over real quick uh, a refresher for anyone to how the NCAA tournament works, how the teams are selected and all of that. So first off, 16-team tournament this year, no play-in. So that means eight automatic qualifiers. All of those are conference champions. And eight auto, uh, auto, eight at-large selections. Um, remember, the ACC does not have an AQ because a conference needs six teams to qualify for that. They only have five. Please, Georgia Tech, Boston College, I don't care who, Louisville, I, I don't care. Add freaking lacrosse, Florida State, Miami, I, again, ACC, please, just get another team. You look ridiculous, okay? You, 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 you know, your God's conference is, is as far as lacrosse is concerned, and you look ridiculous, and you don't even have an AQ. Come on, guys, do better. Do better. Um, now, how do these 16 teams get selected? So, um, <clears throat> per the NCAA website, uh, the NCAA selection committee picks the teams uh, for at-large bids um, and seeds them uh, for the tournament. So, um, we have a selection committee, obviously. Uh, they pick, obviously, the AQs are already determined. Um the committee selects then the at-large bids, and they seed all of those teams. Now, how do they select so those eight seeded teams um, and then eight unseeded teams uh, this year? So how do they uh, get those teams? Um, according, again, to the NCAA website, uh, they consider a multitude of things. Um, they look at record, strength of schedule, index, which is based on a team's top ten highest rated games, RPI results, average RPI wins and losses, head-to-head results, record against ranked teams, 1-1-1 one, one, one versus 5, 6-10, 11-15, 16-20, and 21+, plus, um, and so on and so on. Significant wins and losses, um, the location of games, and then re- results versus common opponents, um, and oh yeah, those polls that you see week to week, they don't matter in the selection process. Um, so, really, they uh, they look at the whole nine yards, man. They, they look at everything. Um, however, most of that is irrelevant this year. 
um, because of the uniqueness of the season. Um, and, and as always within that is the eye test. Um, because of the uniqueness of this season, the selection process will be different, more different than ever before. For instance, you know, Big Ten, conference only. ACC, they played some teams twice. ACC teams did, but they were allowed to play non-conference games. Uh, because of those instances, the committee will likely be relying heavily on the eye test um, and feedback from the regional advisory committee, uh, which is made up of 10 coaches. Um, they will be relying pretty heavily on them this year, more so than other years, uh, from what I've read um, and listened to on various. Uh, I think Tim Leonard was on an IL podcast uh, was that two or three weeks ago um, with, uh, I think it was the one with Quint Kesnick and Terry Foy on it. So I, I would highly suggest listening to that um, if you're more interested in how things are going to go. And that was before they decided the uh, how they were going to do the first round. Uh, so there was some discussion about in the about that in there as well, I believe. Um, that is obviously irrelevant now. Um, so that's a little overview of how things are selected and all of that. Let's get into the projected automatic qualifiers as we sit here today. So everything within this bracket that I've put together is what things will look like if what things would look like if the season ended today. So, America East, Big East, Big Ten, CAA, MAC, Patriot League, NEC, and SOCON all get automatic, all get automatic qualifying bids to the tournament. The automatic qualifier for the America East at the moment would be Stony Brook, uh, Vermont, and Stony Brook. Do have the same conference record. Um, they have yet to play each other. They play each other in a few weeks. Um, because of that, I did use the RPI ranking to decide um, who I, I selected for that spot. Stony Brook has a high has a higher RPI at the moment, um, and I, I think they're in uh, first place there. They have the same win record, um, win percentage, and everything. I think um, there, so uh, Stony Brook would get that one. In the Big East, we have Denver. In the Big Ten, we have Maryland. Uh, in the CAA, we have Delaware. Uh, you know, even with that loss, they're still atop the CAA there, so atop the standings. So they would get that automatic uh, qualifier there with the CAA. In the MAC, uh, Monmouth, Patriot League, Lehigh, uh, NEC, St. Joseph's, and the SOCON, uh, Richmond. Now, Richmond had their game canceled against Mercer uh, on Sunday, uh, and they have not played Jacksonville yet. Those two have the same conference record, uh, 3-0. and They play each other this week, so that's another instance where for this one, um, I had to use the RPI to decide that AQ spot, and uh, Richmond has the higher RPI. Now, now that we have the... At large, uh, I mean, automatic qualifier selections out. So let's go over those again. Stony Brook in the America East, Denver in the Big East, Maryland in the Big Ten, Delaware in the CAA, Monmouth in the MAC, 
Lehigh in the Patriot League, St. Joseph's in the NEC, and Richmond in the SoCon. Those six teams, eight teams, I don't know why I said six, um, those eight teams are the automatic qualifiers at the moment. And now let's go to the possible at-larges. So <clears throat> at-large selections where things get a little murky, where things get a little interesting, even more so. Um, and even more so this year. Um, y- the RPI is usually kind of collectamundo in how things go, but uh, this year, just throughout the RPI. For instance... Um, the RPI rank of Drexel is number 8. The RPI rank of Ohio State is 38. Loyola is a 32. Navy is a 29. Uh, Marist is actually a not is actually the uh, number 9 in the RPI, I believe. So, um, somewhere around there. Um, I think the... Oh, the 13, I think, is what it is at the moment. So... Uh, th- there's some over there in the top 20, but obviously only have one game. Um, as we just mentioned a few minutes ago, went on a rant about that. So um, <clears throat> looking at the at-large selections, um, this is a list of like 16 teams that would possibly get at-large consideration. The top of them, you know, some of these teams obviously have no chance unless they win their conference. Uh, but obviously, Notre Dame, Carolina, Virginia, Duke, Syracuse all have chances of getting at-large selections. Uh, Army, Drexel, UMass, Rutgers, Georgetown, uh, Albany, Vermont, UMBC, Navy, Loyola, and Ohio State. Um, so, you know, UAlbany, UMBC, Vermont, all three of the America East, I don't think any of those teams have a shot of getting in if they win the, unless they win their conference. Navy, I, I don't think any, no, they are one of the first four out at the moment. There's nothing they can really do. Even if they beat Army, I, I, something would have to crazy to happen for them to get in. Same with Ohio State, they're pretty much out. Of the Big Ten, well, not out of the Big Ten tournament, but unless they win the Big Ten tournament and go on some Cinderella run, um, you know, I don't see them making the tournament at all. Um, Again, like, and I'll mention this with 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 Maryland here, um, and I mentioned this is why I thought uh, Maryland's obviously number one right now, but I thought Notre Dame should have gotten that because. The Big Ten screwed their teams. They screwed them in football. They screwed them now. Um, these teams are, are, are hurting. It, the Big Ten should be a three-bid league this year. Um, it could have been a three-bid league, but right now it's looking like two, Maryland and Rutgers. Um, Loyola, we'll talk about Loyola in a minute, but their chances of getting in very, very slim. So, um <clears throat> Here is the bracket as of right now. And again, we have an article on lacrossebucket.com titled uh, in 2021 NCAA Men's Lacrosse Bracketology 1.0. Here's my bracket. After reading those at-large, possible at-larges, and reading those uh, projected AQs, here's what I've come up with. 
and I'm going from top to bottom. So in terms of the rankings, the ranked teams, it goes, if you go from top to bottom, one eight five four three six seven two is how things go. Um, how they've divided it up. So in the first you know, region, I guess you could call it here, um, I have number one, Duke playing Monmouth out of the MAC. And then I have a number eight, Lehigh, out of the Patriot League, playing Syracuse. Going down here, I have number five, Virginia, playing Delaware out of the CAA. That that would be a fun one. And, you know, 2007. Eh, 2007 again? Um, for those of y'all who know what I'm talking about. Um, number four, North Carolina playing Stony Brook out of the America East. So that is the top half of the bracket that I have right now. And then the, the bottom half, I have number two, Maryland out of the Big Ten, playing Richmond out of the Silicon. Then number seven, Rutgers playing Georgetown. And by the way, this one I'm going bottom up because number two is at the bottom. So, um, then we have number six, Denver, out of the Big East, playing Army West Point. And then we have number three, Notre Dame, playing St. Joseph's out of the NEC. The last four in, Army, Georgetown, Rutgers, and Syracuse are the last four in at the moment. First four out, Loyola, Ohio State, Navy, and Drexel. Pretty much talked about those ones already. Um, certainly Ohio State and Navy, as well as uh, talk about the America East teams there. It's somewhere with the CAA, the one bid league, man. Um, could something happen and maybe uh, two teams get in? Possibly, but doesn't look like that's going to happen. Now, as far as Loyola is concerned, I think this is the the, the the team that needs to be worried the most in the Patriot League is Loyola. They've been one of the more inconsistent teams in the nation this year. Their season-ending contest against Georgetown is their ticket to an at-large selection, possibly, if they have to go at-large, okay? If they win the Patriot League, they get that AQ. But if they don't get that that one, they have to beat Georgetown, especially after losing to Army on Saturday. If they lose against the Hoyas and or don't win the Patriot League, I think they're pretty much done. Um, when you look at Loyola right now and the schedule and what's left, not much there that could boost the resume. Um, they play Navy again, but as I mentioned, Navy's Navy's out of it. Um, Loyola and Lehigh are already in the in the uh, in the uh, what you might call it uh, conference tournament. So that's already decided. Yes, they could beat Navy, and that would help because Navy's a decent team, and, th- and then they have Lafayette, and then Georgetown. That Georgetown game, and look, Georgetown is in a similar situation where I think if they lose to Denver 
and then lose to them a third time in the tournament, or if they get upset in that first round, we've seen them struggle against Villanova and Marquette. You know, those the wins, but they don't look too good, man. They don't look too good. So Loyola and Georgetown are two teams that, you know, that they've got to ride every single week out here. And we got Georgetown, Denver coming up this weekend. That's going to be a big one for the Hoyas. Now, <clears throat> no, Army, I think, is pretty solid in there at the moment. Um, and I think Rutgers is in the same situation. I think Rutgers is pretty much in, even if they lose to Maryland in the Big Ten tournament, I think they're still pretty much in. I think the play speaks for itself. I think the eye test will will help them. Um, similar with Army there. And Army is going to be in the Patriot League tournament. Um, obviously, you know they have wins over Loyola. Um, they lost by Lehigh by just a little bit. Um, they, they got that Navy game coming up. <clears throat> Is that this weekend or next weekend uh, when they got Navy coming up? But uh, so they do have some some big games coming up here um, that that they could have had some big games and have another big one coming up to boost their resume. Um, and you know, as Navy as Army continues to look good, Syracuse continues to look good. Um, Syracuse, look, we talked about it a bit in the opener here, you know, they have two losses against Duke and Notre Dame. However, they have that win against Virginia and the season opening loss against Army, who we just said is playing really good right now. And, and I think it's pretty much a lock at the moment for an at-large. Now that helps Syracuse. Um, the Orange do end the season against Carolina, Virginia, and Notre Dame. If they win even one of those games, I think that boosts their resume as long as Army continues to win. Army's success will lift Syracuse this year. So, um, you know, Loyola, Syracuse, Rutgers, Georgetown, of your kind of, you know, staple, you know, big name lacrosse programs, those are the teams that I'm watching the most. Um, I don't think Ohio State, Navy, or Drex will have a shot in the world at getting in unless they get that AQ. Loyola is in that boat, but they, they still kind of have one foot out of it because I think they could go on a. I think they could go on a run um, here and, and get that AQ. I, I don't think Ohio State, certainly not Navy and, and Drexel, uh, will get that AQ. Now Drexel could possibly get that AQ, but you know, if you ask me which one of the first four out, you know, I, I think could sneak in um, the most, it would be Loyola. Um, but certainly, Georgetown, Rutgers, Syracuse, three teams right now that they're, they're on the good side of the bubble at the moment, but those are the ones that uh, you certainly have to watch closely here. Um, and as we get closer to, to uh, conference tournament time for uh, – See what happens with those three teams. So uh, my bracket, I'll go through that one more time, um, and then we'll get the heck out of here. I have number one, Duke, and I'm going to top to bottom. Number one, Duke versus Monmouth. Number eight, Lehigh. 
versus Syracuse, number five, Virginia versus Delaware, number four, North Carolina versus Stony Brook, number three, Notre Dame versus St. Joseph's, number six, Denver versus Army, number seven, Rutgers versus Georgetown, number two, Maryland versus Richmond. And by the way, geography doesn't matter this year, so that's why it's kind of everywhere. Again, as always, thank you all for listening. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My personal at Lacrosse, at Tanner underscore Dimling, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. Have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the lacrosse, and we'll see y'all on Thursday.